The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, fellas, uh, we're back here for the. Can we? Can we? Can we? First off, the Chiefs just—I mean, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, good for them. Really good for them. That just no, no point that they. When I saw Tua um, with a full blanket and all I could see was his eyes at the start of the game, had like a full coat over him, something over his head. I said, "Oh hell, they—they ain't got a shot here." They're done here. They're done out here. So uh, c- congratulations to the Dolphins and their season. Um, and, and good to get, get them out of here. I just I just want to say, can we, can we just – can we sit here for a second and just understand that this is the first road playoff game that the Chiefs are going to play since 2015? <laughs> Like this is this is this is predating Mahomes. This is the first road playoff game, and they've made the playoffs every year. But they've made it almost ten years. This is the first road playoff game they have had to play. Like the dominance, like just there are certain stats that, but the dominance that this team has put forth is insane. The hell with Mahomes. They haven't, Andy, and none of them, except for the Super Bowl. Since 2015, I have one child. <laughs> <laughs> I had one child. I didn't even. I. I, I mean, I, gee, I lived in a. I've, 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 I've had it. I've had two houses since then. It is like it's insane. What, oh. what they have done. The last time that the Chiefs went on the road in a playoff game, the Royals had just won the World Series. Like, like think about that. Think about that for a second. It it's insanity, absolute insanity. I mean, your your quarterback was Alex Smith, and your running back was Charkandrick West. That that's said, what the team was. But like that that kind of like that is just like I know the Patriots had a hell of a run, but that is a dominant strip. You're just not even playing on the road. Like it's the first time you didn't slipped into one. It's just it's insane to get there. And I just I, I'm watching this this game Saturday against the Dolphins, and I'm looking at everything. And I'm not going to lie to you, there is no thought for me if we're talking a month or two ago, in a, in in a way that I thought I would be optimistic. I'm not going to lie to you. This is where I thought the season would come to an end. I thought they would win the first playoff game. 
I thought it might be dicey depending on the matchup in that first playoff game that they may lose to because it was starting to, to seem like it may be Buffalo in the first round against the Chiefs at Arrowhead, and that would have been dicey. I was thinking of my – I had moved to a, to a point, I think probably around the Raiders game, I had moved to a point where, hey, man, they get in, they win a playoff game. Hey, that's that's probably the ceiling for this team. I don't know how you all feel, but after watching this team the last three weeks, and then in particular on Saturday, I have an entirely different feel of optimism for this team. I think there's reason to have legitimate optimism about them right now. And Ron, you saw my text during the game, after the game this week. It was a different experience <laughs> watching this team. It was a different experience I did, I did for your not boy have to, I didn't have to mute you guys. It was didn't great. Have... I was I was the opposite of what I have been with this team all year long. I have found this season to be a miserable experience for the most part. I have not enjoyed really very many games watching this team play football. Now I watch, sit down and watch it every single week. But I haven't enjoyed it. This week was fun, dude. They finally seemed to find a formula that worked for them, which was Rasheed Rice, Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey. We'll get more into that coming up here in just a little bit. But, like, it wasn't just the feel either. Ron, they finished this game with 400 yards of total offense and one turnover in the game. Do you know when the last time was that the Chiefs had a game, a game, with 400 or more total yards and one or zero turnovers. I bet that game was at negative 30 degrees at one point of a field in the stadium as well. Uh, true. Uh, it was last year, by the way, the week before Thanksgiving. <laughs> 2022 was the last time. They had gone a full calendar year between times in which they had 400 yards in a game and one or zero turnovers. So they played a clean game. They played an efficient game. They went out there and did all of the things that we have been asking to see them do in one game. And the question that I had coming out of it, and I think this is something that will be answered certainly this weekend, was it real? Or was it because the Dolphins had like 75 players that were hurt on their defense? And I I don't know the correct answer to that question. I, I There's reason to be skeptical about it, but they gave you just enough reason for optimism in that game with Rasheed Rice doing what he did, with Travis Kelsey kind of looking like Rob Gronkowski did in 2018-19, to feel like you could actually see this team go on a run. For the first time, I'm willing to entertain that in about two months. Yeah, but see, sort of what he's saying, though, I where, where I, I jump is, is it real... The reason why I feel much more to the point of leaning that it is, is like this is starting to be not just, hey, it just happened. This is this is exactly what happened against the Bengals. This is how they played that game, right? And like it, it seems like the last two games that the full team has been together, it's like a, a switch or whatever has flipped to this is how we have to play. I think you said it last week, BK. I think they wanted to start it even before that, but the Pacheco injury may have halted that. But it looks like this isn't just a one-off. They played this game the same way they did against the Bengals, and that's to me when when you ask the question, BK, is it real? Sort of, it feels more real because it seems like this is uh, this is done on purpose. This is what they are attempting to do and trying to do, especially offensively. 
I think it is real because like we've known all season, this is a Super Bowl caliber defense. Like this is a, a defense that can get you to where you want to go. And the question mark has always been the offense. And now they're finally leaning into what actually works because for most of the season, they were doing a lot of things that didn't work. And I think the reason it's so real is because we're seeing Patrick Mahomes commit to the adjustment too. He's not early in the season where he had to go play hero football and, and made a lot of bad decisions through a lot of bad interceptions. Like even going back as recently as that Raiders game, um, I think we're seeing him settle into this now and say like, it's okay to the, the 15 play drives. We just can't turn it over. It's okay to settle for field goals. If we don't get seven, even though we know we want seven at the end of every drive. And I think you're seeing him be a little bit more conservative in his approach in the passing game, but also like even in that game where the Miami Dolphins defense was totally falling apart, like there was still things there that have me optimistic moving forward about the chief's explosiveness because McCole Hardman, man, that was a frustrating performance by him. Even, even in a game where the chiefs were dominant from start to finish, like if they just connect on one or two of those deep balls to McCole Hardman, which were there like perfectly placed balls for Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, they're going to do it. They're going to hit McCall, one of these. McCall, one like, day. If McCole just finds a way like that, that's even, we're even feeling even better about it. And I think, that's the plan moving forward is play championship caliber defense. Isaiah Pacheco, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, three or four deep shots a game to, to Justin Watson or McCole Hardman and hope you connect on one of those. And then all of a sudden you, you have those field changing plays on top of the championship caliber defense on top of what you know works and Rasheed, Kelsey and Pacheco. Like, yeah, that's a formula that can succeed against anybody in my opinion, because Finally, you have more than one threat on offense. You have multiple guys that the defense has to worry about, and you still have Patrick Mahomes who can go out there and make special plays. Ron, I, mean, I like cool. what he said there about Mahomes not feeling like he has to be a hero. No. One of the things that I think really kind of went under the radar in that game against Miami, first of all, I thought he was amazing. Like that, his numbers will not jump out at you. You will not look back at his playoff career game log and say, oh man, yeah, remember that Dolphins game when he threw for 400 yards? That, that, that's not how it went. But he had a Tom Brady just dice him up exactly the way that you can based on the way that they're playing you all game long type of a game. And the number that stood out to me was seven throwaways. Seven throwaways in that game, according to Pro Football Focus, which tied his career high. He only had one other game in his career with that many throwaways in any individual game. If it wasn't there, eat it. Especially in the red zone. He, he'd do it quick. He's not it, taking chances in the red zone anymore. And this is the type of team where that works, man, because it is a race to 24. That's what the Chiefs have become. If you score 24 points with this defense, you're going to win the football game. And he seems to know that. The Chiefs seem to know that. Andy Reid seems to be acknowledging it. And you have a great kicker who, by the way, props to him for kicking in that kind of weather on that field and finding a way to get the job done. Like, this is a team that just take your points, man. Take your points and live to fight another down. And that seems to be the mentality that is starting to exist between Mahomes, Andy, the entire offense. They're all starting to buy into that. And you see that signified by that throwaway number. He understands he doesn't have to be perfect on every play. They are going to connect on one of these deep passes. They're just it, it is just too damn good. It is going to happen. Somebody because I I, I don't know. Maybe can this McCole is out for a ball. Can he can he dive to make a catch for once in his life? It's, it, listen, it's it's 
it's every it's every week there is an open there's an open downfield play that somehow they don't connect whether it's the receivers or as Mahomes runs 30 yards down the field to go talk to to MVS to tell him that 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 deep ball was his fault late in the second half <laughs> whatever like whatever it is whatever it if it's a guy blatantly just grabbing and holding McCole Hardman and McCole been quitting on the route like the ball wasn't still in the air whatever it is like they are going to connect on one of these. It is just their their quarterback is too good, and these are NFL wide receivers mostly. At some points, this is going to happen. I don't but, know who it is. By the way, I think it's super important that they tried it this week. Like I, you saw Mahomes having a willingness to throw it out there to McColl. Now they it didn't connect, but it was there. Like he was well, open. They, yeah, they should have had a penalty, and and even on the first one, like you said, if he could if he could work back, hell, he he could have worked back into a penalty. Like, right, he, he, it was underthrown. Yes. He could have run himself into the corner who was short. Like, some, like hell, I'll take it as a penalty. They just got to, like, make it. They're going to hit one of these. Just and the reason good. why it's important, Ron, that they were willing to try it in that game against Miami is now Buffalo has that on film. And now Buffalo, when McColl is on the field, they know there's the threats of the Chiefs going over the top against them. And even if it doesn't mean they're, like, doubling McColl or anything like that, They've got to be aware of it. And so maybe that takes a safety out of the box, which makes life a little easier for, for Isaiah Pacheco in the running game. Maybe it takes a guy that would be able to go on that crosser for Rasheed Rice out of that position. And now he's having to go a little deeper to be able to cover the McColl potential of going over the top like that. It does so much if you just have the threat of a guy that can beat you deep. And for most of the season, the Chiefs didn't really have that because they very clearly did not trust MVS on those routes. And Mahomes just, he wouldn't target him. Even if he was wide open, he just said, uh-uh, I'm not throwing it to that guy because I know that that guy will not make the play. Maybe we get there with McColl after what happened last week, but I, I like that they were at least willing to try it. And I do think it's going to have a trickle-down effect against Buffalo that could open up some of the other stuff for this offense. Listen, I... We've talked about a lot of the on-the-field stuff that makes us optimistic. And and, I'm, and I think I'm with you, BK. There is still a thought of, all right, man, all right, are they going to be able to continue to sustain this? They can continue to do, to work with this formula, stepping up on the road against a team like Buffalo. They're going to continue to do it. But I'm going to tell you, where I became the most optimistic was not really on the field from Sunday's game or Saturday's game against the Dolphins. It is to a point that you made, BK, when you first started your your point, like it's not been enjoyable to watch this team. BK, I don't think it's been very enjoyable to play on the team. I, like I, We've watched games and we've talked about it on here. I, I remember the Patriots game where they're winning by two scores and they look like they all look like it's just relief. They look like a they look like a one seed against a 16 seed just getting through the game every single week. And it it like for me, I hadn't seen the cocky swagger chiefs, emotion chiefs in a long time. Saw it Saturday. Now it, it, I don't know if it clicked when the the very odd not not going to be on the bingo card of Donna Kelsey and Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes hitting the swag surf um, with the entire stadium. 
But if you can if you can pull yourself from that visual and then look at where the camera panned down to the sideline and Isaiah Pacheco and a little leg Clyde and and the whole sideline and bench are, are going off and look, they looked like the confident champs. They looked like the Chiefs. I hadn't Mahomes on the run on the fourth and four where he runs it all the way down. I had not seen the Mahomes punch in the air, yell, lose it, go off in a long – like you had not seen that in a long time. They had not looked like the swagger, arrogant, everybody in the league hates the Chiefs because they're so – like they didn't look like they're having fun, right? Like we saw every time Kelsey caught a ball, not the ones that he dropped, but every time he caught a ball, we see Kelsey getting up and losing it. Like we had – we just had not seen that – the Chiefs, the the emotion, not just the, the not just on the field, but the emotion Chiefs, and I think that was what jumped out to me was like, uh oh, uh oh. I I don't know if, if some of our listeners may not follow this one. Maybe sir to BK, you may, but I'm a big college basketball head, and I with the Florida Gators when they had Joe Kim Noah and they had that crew, like that Al Horford, they won a championship. They all came back. And, the, and they end up winning back-to-back championships, but they had a weird regular season. They played in the SEC championship game, and they blew out whoever it was to enter the tournament. And I remember Clark Kellogg saying, uh-oh, the Florida Gators look like the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators have championship pedigree, and they look like themselves after this. I don't know if they want to see. That's what it looked like. Because all year long, they look like they hated being on the field around each other. They look like they're ready to go. Legereus Need is kicking Tyreek Hill's ass right in the middle of the field, and everybody's losing them. Like, they looked ready to roll in like the Chiefs. And you know what, Ron? We've been going back and forth, and I, I feel vindicated based upon what happened on on in this game over the weekend about who the number one pass catcher is on this team, right? Is it Rasheed Rice? Is it Travis Kelsey? I, I think we got the firm and definitive answer in that game against the Dolphins where it is Rasheed Rice. He's the number one pass catching option. That being said, okay. to your point on the swagger that this team plays I with. just want to make a note that I do not agree with that. But go ahead on your <laughs> That's all right. I think it's pretty definitive. We, we can just move along. I know. The um, first touchdown, three people ran with Kelsey. They're leaving wide open. Go ahead. Yeah, Rasheed had 130 yards. I feel like it's pretty clear. Um, I know, I, I got a lot of help. Go ahead. I, I do think that the swagger that you're talking about is tied in specifically to Travis Kelsey's performance. I think he is the That's one fair. that brings that to the team. I think when he is struggling the way that he did for the vast majority of the season, especially in the second half, he has an effect on the mood of the team that is disproportionate compared to anybody else on that roster. Like, even more so than Mahomes, more so than Pacheco, who runs hard every single week, more so than Rasheed Rice, who is very clearly this team's number one pass-catching option at this point in time, more so than anybody, Travis Kelsey, the ebbs and the flows of his performance and his mood that changes based on his performance, I think has a real effect on this team's mentality. And when he plays the way that he did in that game against the Dolphins, he's coming up with big plays. He had two catches on that first drive after what was obviously a frustrating first target where he drops the ball. I I think those early targets, getting him involved, making sure that he is in, in the game plan. 
I think that had a real trickle-down effect to the offense and the feeling of, all right, this is different because your future Hall of Famer is performing finally for the first time in weeks. And I'll just say, Taylor, whatever you did pregame, do it again. <laughs> just, uh, whatever it was, I don't know what it was. Whatever it was. Oh, going to be in Buffalo? Oh, yes, oatmeal, uh, chicken sandwich, whatever it is, whatever or whatever else you did, whatever you did, replicate it before the game. That's all I'm saying. He was in a really great mood from the start. I'll just say that. Throughout this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. This week, our parlay is centered around the Kansas City Chiefs traveling to Buffalo for a divisional round matchup against the Bills. It's going to center around the Kansas City Chiefs pulling off another win in the postseason, even in Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff contest. Make sure you stay locked into the Arrowhead Pride Twitter page. We'll have that available for you on Sunday afternoon to make sure you tag along ahead of the game. Each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Licensee Partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, we do it every week when the Chiefs have the ball. And listen, I I think there may be some people who may have some disagreements with this. And hell, I, I'm damn near disagreeing with myself three weeks ago. All right. I said this last week against the Dolphins, and I didn't know then that I would be saying this again because you knew the matchup was going to be potentially the Chiefs on the road in Buffalo, and that's what we have against Josh Allen, against – if you look at wins-wise, the hottest team in the league, they haven't lost uh, in, in, in six or what six or seven games, whatever it is, they're on a streak. I still feel, fellas, and you all may disagree, I still do not believe that this is a game in which you say, yo, hey, hey, Pat, man, we've uh, – We've taken this thing as far as we can, man. We're going to give everything we got here to support you, but, yo, we're outgunned here, and you have to make up the difference. You got to be that. You got to be the dude that makes up the talent gap or the whatever the difference is in this game. We need you to go ahead, throw your Superman cape on, put us on your back, and carry us out the way. We need you to be Vince Young against USC. USC has more talent than us, but Vince, you got to make up the talent gap with your greatness. If you'd have told me over a month ago that they're going to play Buffalo on the road in the second in the second round of the playoffs, I would say I would have said they need Mahomes to be great. They need him to have a Mahomes one of those moments, those games where we're talking about. I don't think that they need that. I think they need to continue to follow the formula that they have followed against the Bengals, that they followed against the Dolphins last week, and that the guy who did not play in the first game, Isaiah Pacheco, is a guy that gets a ton of touches. He's got, what, 20, 24 carries in this game. Uh, I know at least was targeted once in the passing game. They got it to him 25 times in this game, just like they did against the Bengals. 
He's got to be a big, big point. And then, like we saw in this game, the first drive, nobody touched the ball outside of Pacheco, Kelsey, and Rice. And it felt like it was that way out of the game. Tip of the cap to MVS for making that tough grab uh, in that cold weather. Nobody in the stadium thought he'd catch it. But, I mean, listen, limit those things. Justin Watson had him a couple. That's it. But to me, it's it. this isn't going to take Mahomes being a hero to where he's got to, hey, man, you got to put up 35 today. We go, we're going to have to have you to be aggressive and take chances. I don't think that is the case. You may disagree. I don't think this is a game, even though it's Josh Allen, even though it's on the road for the first time for them against Buffalo, I don't think they need to veer off of this and that Mahomes has to be some sort of hero. Do you guys know how many times this year the Chiefs have given up more than 24 points in a game? Once. It's one time. The Packers. And so if you're – yeah, and apparently Jordan Love is the second coming of Peyton Manning, so who who knew? <laughs> only, um, team, only team in the league to not give up 30. And when you see something like that and you hear it and it feels right, but, man, it's a weird thing to say the Chiefs just have to get to 24, but it's true. If you get to 24 in this game against the Bills, you should win. And, like, if you don't, it probably speaks to the type of performance that Josh Allen had. And we'll get to him a little bit more later on. But I think the goal should be gets 24. And however you can get there, that that is the way. Like, two touchdowns, three field goals is right around. Like, that might be the way that you end up winning a game like this. And so if you find a way to get into the opposing team's 30, 35-yard line, hey, man, that's a successful drive. And now you, you find a way to make sure that you get the field goal in that spot and you live to fight another down. Like that's that's the goal. And when you say that is to the goal, it means that Mahomes doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to go out there, put on the cape. Now you're going to need him to make four or five splash plays in this game. One of them's probably going to have to be with his legs because we've seen this every postseason in the games that you remember that are special for the Chiefs more often than not. He had at least one big time third down conversion with his legs. Doesn't have to be a 50 yarder, but like move the chains on a third and eight because you do the thing that only five other quarterbacks in the league were capable of with a scramble. Other than that, though, man, he, he doesn't have to be perfect in this game. He's just got to be good. If he's good, Patrick Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over, you, you've got a really good chance to be able to win this one. Yeah, I, I think that's all it comes down to is just don't turn the football over. Yep, just don't have the back-breaking mistakes. mistakes and run the offense and, and lean into what you guys do well because for most of the season, you couldn't figure out what you were good at. And now they know what they're good at, so lean into that because it works. And, and you can execute that as long as you don't have the bad turnovers, the fumbles and the interceptions, then you can win like that. And Harrison Bucker is having the best season of his career. He's been absolutely out of his mind, so... I, I want to see touchdowns, but take the field goals if you have to and don't turn the football over. See, fellas, we – and listen, I think we're guilty of it too, the three of us. But I know a lot of people that are that listen to this podcast and that are Chiefs fans are definitely guilty of it. We, we watch the Chiefs so close than anybody and any other team that we watch that we have an understanding of the Chiefs' flaws – in a way that it just seems debilitating at times because it has been, but we don't watch the bills or other teams in the league. Like we watch the chiefs 
and understand that those teams have major league flaws too, <laughs> like major, major flaws. And to think like, God, man, the Bills have won six in a row. This team, like there is a, they're a better team. Like if you start to really look down to it, like this is not like a, wow, man, the, man like the Packers and Niners like, or, or the Texans and Ravens in terms of disparity and talent and, and what you're bringing to the table. But there's an argument where you just say it out loud to yourself. Well, who's got the better coach? Well, by far, the Chiefs. Well, who's got the better quarterback? The Chiefs. Who do you trust more? The Chiefs. Who's got more experience and and, and have played in games like this and have been successful in games like this? The Chiefs. Who's got the better defense by a mile? The Chiefs. Like, like you start to, <laughs> to, to look at this and you think to yourself, but we but what we've watched is the Chiefs' flaws. And the Bills have a lot of flaws, too. Even more than just the easy one that you pick up on is that Josh turns the ball over. They've got a lot of flaws as well. They don't get after the quarterback like uh, like other teams do. Like the middle of the field, there's some issues. Their, their secondary is not great. Their, their quarterback or their, uh, their defensive coordinator does really stupid things like against the, the Broncos called back-to-back zero blitzes for no damn reason. Uh, and, and gets himself killed. Like they do, they have a lot of, uh, of of issues as well that the Chiefs can take advantage of. So I I think this these two teams are much much closer. And really, if you if you really break it down, like there are a lot, probably a lot more advantages that go the Chiefs' way than than anybody that or than the Bills' way. So I I just it's we're close to the Chiefs, but I'm telling you the Bills. I bet you there's some people doing a podcast about the Bills that are that are scared to death about the things that they've had all year creep up. So you mentioned the middle of the field, Ron, and that's a real weakness for for them right now, the Bills. And it's because of injuries. Like their their linebackers, their safeties, they've been dealing with a lot of injuries there. Their nickel corner dealing with an injury there. And last week, Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. I like finished him. the game 13 for 16. For 132 yards and two touchdowns when targeting the middle of the field, at least or beyond the line of scrimmage. That's a hell of a game, man. If you can get attack the middle of the field and be that kind of efficient as Mason Rudolph, what can Patrick Mahomes do when he's targeting the middle of the field? Which, by the way, is where the Chiefs are best. Rasheed Rice does his best work in the middle of the field on crossers, getting and attacking those zones. Travis Kelsey has made a career of attacking the middle of the field. The Chiefs have running backs that can attack the middle of the field. Like that is where the Chiefs wants to operate the majority of the time. And now you're going up against a defense that does not want you to attack the middle of the field because it is their single greatest weakness. And Ron, they fell into, the Chiefs did, an identity with the offense last last week that can work for them. If you look at what they did on that first drive, it was a it was a drive that finished nine plays, 69 yards for a touchdown. On that nine-play drive, Rasheed Rice had th- two targets. Travis Kelsey, three targets. Isaiah Pacheco finished with four carries on that drive. That is all nine plays. Finishing with the ball in Pacheco, Rice, or Kelsey's hands. On the next drive, they targeted McCole Hardman twice. Boom, three and out. They, for the rest of the game, had the same formula that they started with on that first drive. You had 25 touches for, for Pacheco, 12 targets for Rice, 10 targets for Kelsey. Every single other player on the team had 17 total touches. So that is the way to operate in this game. Find those guys in the middle of the field, attack them with Pacheco, attack them with Rice, attack them with 
uh, Kelsey. And if you do that, you're going to have a lot of success over the middle of the field against this Bills defense. No, and, and listen, like Kelsey had been having those, as you said it earlier, struggles. Probably the last game before last week was the Buffalo game <laughs> where they where he got going. He had 83 yards. And I just, when you talk about that point in the middle of the field, it is weird to say the Chiefs offensively, I mean, they're a they're they're a pretty different team too on what they attack. Like that was like when Rasheed Rice kind of just started really jumping into becoming a major part of that uh, of that team and 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 the things that they're doing with him. So I, I it, it's just the middle of the field from the run game to with Pacheco to to him out of the backfield, like you're saying. And listen, they 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 lose another linebacker. In the middle of the field, they they've already lost their their all pro linebacker. Now the guy gets carted off last week, um, and he probably won't play in this game. This Klein fella, he comes in. Like I, I think there's a lot of things that they can play with and have fun with. And I love some of the combinations we've seen. We've seen them use, you know, Kelsey Rice Pacheco as well, playing off each other right in the middle of the field where they have got big plays, easy plays there. Uh, for them, so this this that part of the field, you're right, is something that uh, that they'll really exploit. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that T-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, when Buffalo has the ball, look, BK, listen, there's a lot to talk about when they have the ball. They average 29 points a game in that building, um, and there are some bad things that, that that can happen with the Bills, with Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is one of the best in the game, and it, there's an argument that he is second behind Patrick Mahomes in this game, and BK and Serta, this all starts with trying to contain him as best you can. He's infuriating. He's infuriating if you're a fan of the Bills. He's infuriating if you're a fan of the team that the Bills are playing against because on any given play, he anything can happen. You just don't know. 
You don't know what's going to happen. He could go out there and fake a slide and end up with a 50-yard touchdown run. He could go out there and throw one of the most boneheaded, ridiculous passes you've ever seen in your life and on the very next drive throw a 70-yard touchdown over the top to one of their unknown wide receiver. Like that's That is the Josh Allen experience. This season, he finished with 18 interceptions. He had a 3% interception rate, which was right up there among the tops in the league. And yet, and yet, you could have made a case for him to be the MVP of the league this year, and I would have listened to you. It should go to Lamar Jackson. He is deserving of winning the award this year. But if you wanted to make a case for Josh Allen, I would at least listen to it because he is that important to what they do offensively. And Ron, I think the biggest thing, Forget the passing game. Like, that's obviously something you got to worry about with Josh. It's the running game where he can absolutely kill you because you feel like you are are winning a play, right? Legereus Sneed has his guy locked up. Trent McDuffie has his guy locked up. Your safeties do a great job against their tight ends. And then there goes Josh Allen. Avoids one sack, avoids another, and then suddenly he's scampering down the field for a 13-yard gain on third and eight. And he just makes you wrong. He's physical. He is, he runs like an ostrich. Like I, he is a terrifying experience to go up against and you, you cannot stop him. You do hope to contain him and you hope that he makes one or two just boneheaded mistakes that break their will offensively. That's really what you have to hope for. Yeah. And I'm glad you're, you're talking about the run part of it because they, and they have hurt the chiefs with him in the past running the football. Um, And, that's why, to me, sort of, they have got to be extremely physical in this game, all across the board, and I think extremely physical with him, right? I like the last two games, and I've watched the, the Bills play the last two games against the Dolphins Sunday Night Football when they took uh, the AFC East and against the Steelers. And you've talked about some of those just back-breaking runs that he'll get. A lot of it was like it seemed like guys were cautious to hit him. And I don't think it's just because he's faking and Deacon slides. Now, that's one of them. But there were – I watched – like he ran through Christian Wilkins. Like he ran through him to get a first down on the other side. And then, like, there are some, there are some players for the Steelers who made business decisions. And I mean great players and guys that you don't usually think. Like Mika Fitzpatrick made a business decision down the field, and then he tried to clobber him and got a penalty. Like I think they've got to be physical, and I and I and I know this is kind of counter to things. Sir, I wouldn't mind early in this game in the first half or something because you got to you got to just go. Like you're Justin Reed, you're you're Edwards, you're you're Bolton, you're Willie Gay, you're some of these guys, Sneed. Uh, McDuffie, who'll be on blitzes, those guys, you just got to let, you got to lay him out. Like, I mean, you have to, like, don't come arms down, man. You come up, I mean, you got to, you got to come and deliver a blow. And I don't even, I wouldn't mind a 15-yard penalty early. I really wouldn't. Just to send a message to where you want to come at, we're going to be physical with you and, 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 and make you at least think about, Run. I mean, I, I like. I don't. I don't want to be dangerous, but I mean, short of launching and crowning the head, I mean, just come and deliver a blow on that cat early to set the tone on him. It's. I think the biggest thing, especially early in this game, 
is for the Chiefs defensive line to win those matchups and to hit him early because if you get pressure on him and you actually sack him, because I can remember multiple instances in their first matchup where Chris Jones was there, like Chris Jones made the play and Josh Allen just ran away. Like, cause he does that. And that's, what's so frustrating about him too. It's like, not only is he incredibly difficult to bring down because he's massive and he's strong and physical, but also like he's got good enough pocket awareness that like he runs away from pressure and makes plays that way. And so he's going to rip off some 15, 20 yard runs in this game. Like that's but just, you gotta make him pay. that's, that's part of his game. But I think if you hit him early and you put pressure on him early, then you can force him into some of those bad decisions down the field where he's going to throw footballs that he's got no business throwing and, and give you some opportunity to create some turnovers, which if there's one thing you can point to about the Chiefs defense, it's been tremendous all season long. For some reason, they just haven't forced a lot of turnovers. And this is the guy where he's going to give you chances to force turnovers. So you absolutely have to do that and create those. And I think it starts early in the game. Like, yeah, you have to hit him. You have to get sacks because you can't just let him run away from pressure and, and create 15-yard gains when it should be a 10-yard loss. Like, that's where he really kills you, and he does it multiple times a game. Is this, if it makes sense, BK, like, not just tackle him. Like, you got to hit him. <laughs> like, not just – like, I'm not saying don't don't tackle him to the ground or something. Not these, like uh, – like – yeah, I'll take the hits where for progress is stopped and, and he never goes. You gotta hit this dude. And as you said, he's gonna rip off runs. You gotta make him pay for them bad boys, right? Like if he's gonna rip off, you know, an eight-yard run, he's gonna make some plays with his legs, but you gotta make him think and pay for them jokers. And 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 he's just running freely with the things. And and that's the thing, is because and we see it, and I, I see it happen with Nick Bolton a, a lot when they play him. They just you just become indecisive on if you're going to hit him or not, and he gets you. You never get him good because he's pump faking five yards past the past the line of scrimmage, and people are still biting on it and doing stuff. You gotta you gotta lay this cat out to minimize because if they can take that portion of his game away or minimize it greatly, the running aspect. That like that's a game changer because you feel pretty good about the secondary with their receivers, and if you can take that part away, I, I, at least minimize it, it. It it gives you a huge chance in this. Remember when the Chiefs played the Titans in the playoffs a couple of years ago, Ron? And there was all that talk about man, this this run defense. Like I I don't know if they can match up against Derrick Henry. And suddenly in that game, that was really like the, the coming out party on a national scene for Nick Bolton, where the Chiefs defense just, they gave him nothing. And from start to finish, they hit Derrick Henry. And they made Derrick Henry feel the punishment instead of vice versa. I think they have to approach Josh Allen in this game the way that they did Derrick Henry in, in 2019, I guess that would have been. And if they're able to do that, you're going to see some real success on, on the part of the Chiefs defense. But it's easier said than done, man. I mean, you look at you look at what Josh Allen does in the postseason. He basically becomes Cam Newton on the ground. Like if it's a short yardage situation, he's the guy they're going to as a battering ram. If it is a third and seven, you not only have to be able to stand up defensively with your corners, you also have to be able to go out there and make plays with your linebackers in some kind of a spy game. Like it's it's really That's what I was hard gonna say. to do. 
He's That's putting pressure say. on every level of your defense. Your defensive linemen have to be super disciplined with their rushing lanes. Like it's, it makes everybody's job that much harder with his ability to run. That's what I was going to ask you guys. You, you, you think that they should constantly have a spy on him, like sacrifice a rusher, sacrifice because you know Spags loves it, but constantly have you know a Willie Gay or a Justin Reed constantly have a spy for him and hope that and and to the point you're saying and you brought it up sort of first that your front four that your guys down the Mike Dana's obviously the Chris Jones and Omenahue and and Karloftis can get pressure there do you constantly have a spy set for Josh Allen is that is that an approach you would take I don't think you do it constantly. I do think it's something that you usually use occasionally, though, because you've got guys that can do it. Like you've got linebackers now that are capable of keeping up um, speed wise with him. Like Willie Gay could be that guy. Drew Tranquil could be that guy. Leo Chanel, I think, has the physicality to, to potentially be that guy in a game like this. I would not do it all game long, though, because when you get pressure on Josh Allen, he becomes a different quarterback. And so I don't want to give up the upside of that pressure where Serta was talking about, hey, he, he'll give you a little something um, if you're if you're able to get pressure on him. That that requires the pressure, though. When he's not pressured, eight yards per attempt, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions. When he is pressured this year, which is about half as many uh, snaps, six yards per attempt, 14 touchdowns, nine interceptions. So it, it's a completely different player when he is pressured, but you got to do it without blitzing because if you blitz him, He's one of the most lethal quarterbacks in the NFL. And now suddenly your rush lanes aren't there and he's got an opening and he, whether it's running or throwing, he can kill you that way. So he makes it really hard as a defensive game planner to come up with your plan against him. I would not have it on every play though. I, I would have it occasionally, but not on every play. I, I think you should a little bit. Yeah. But not all the time. And like, we know Spags is going to blitz him. Like we, we, we need to accept that. Like he's not just going to rely on the defensive line to get there, but the defensive line still has to win those matchups and with, with a little bit of blitzing sprinkled in and hopefully that blitz gets home. But I, I just think that the chiefs have the personnel to slow him down. It's just a matter of like, can you hold Josh Allen to like 40 rushing yards instead of like 70? Cause when he rips off 70, 80 rushing yards on the ground, like that's when the bills win. Like that's when, when he's that dynamic, when he's ripping off these long runs, like can they just hold him to like a, a modest day on the ground? Because you know, he's going to take off multiple times throughout the day. A couple of things for me outside of Josh Allen. Um, like, you know, Diggs is their top guy, but uh, target at least, but, I think you feel pretty good with the secondary that they can contain him as much. They did the first game. We watched again what happened with with Tyreek. He made one play, one big play, but but I, you feel pretty good. To me, it's the tight ends. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, especially here of late, has been almost a security blanket. A guy he just goes to uh, a lot, and, and he tore him up with the seams. They both caught touchdowns against the Steelers in this last game, Kincaid and Knox. So those guys are ones to watch. And then, you know, in the first game, we we, we talked about a lot of mistakes in that game the Chiefs made. One of them was just leaving Cook uncovered multiple times. And Cook really, if you look at it in that game offensively, he was the player that really hurt 
the Chiefs. 83 yards receiving with a touchdown catch, you know, 59 on the ground. So he's over 140 and 15 touches. Like, uh, you got to limit those parts of the offense, too. And the defense play, I mean, they they gave up 20 points in that game, man. They played well and got a turnover. But those those pieces hurt them them big time and they got to get a better handle on those two. So those are, those are the things that I'm, I'm watching outside of what Josh can do to you. The last time these two teams met, you had a typical Legereus need game where he just absolutely shut down Stefan Diggs. four catches on 11 targets for 24 yards. Just unbelievable. What Snead has done this year. I cannot believe he was not an all pro, but neither here nor there. Um, he, the leading receiver in that game, other than James Cook Ron, was Dawson Knox who had three catches for 36 yards in mm. that game. So, yeah, James Cook is a huge weapon for them coming out of the backfield. And that, once again, puts more pressure on your linebackers. Your linebackers are going to be, I think, the story of this game. We know your corners are great. We know your defensive line has the potential of getting pressure regularly. By the way, credit to Charles Aminihue. I thought he was great in that game against the Dolphins and showed up in a massive way. Hopefully we see more of that this week against the Bills. It really comes down to, okay, what do your linebackers do? Are they able to spy Josh Allen when necessary? Are they able to fill the gaps in the running game when you need to do that? Are they able to keep up with James Cook in the passing game? Because if they are, you're going to have a ton of success defensively in a game like this. If they're not, though, that's how they beat you. They will attack your linebackers over and over and over again, and it will be a long day for that level of the defense. So I, I think it really does come down to what that linebacker unit is able to do. And they had to be frustrated because I think they, they're they probably kicking themselves because I think it's more them in that game with Cook in the passing game than it was than it was them. I mean, we saw what he the number he did on the Cowboys the next week on the ground. They 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 contained that. It's like he can't have 83 yards passing. I mean that and and, and not just 83 yards passing. It wasn't just a like, yo, man, he got he got hooked up with Nick Bolton and just ran away from Nick Bolton. It was everybody just just let him go and passed him off to nobody, and it happened twice for big gains in that game. And I I can distinctly remember Spagnolia, Spagnolia, Spags, Spagnola just looking, you know, befuddled after that touchdown with his hands out. What the hell happened? Willie Gay, I remember, unleashed him and thought he handed him off to nobody in particular up the sideline. Like, so I, I think they they probably look at that and say, we, you know, we did that a lot to ourselves uh in that game. So yeah, cooking, 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 cooking Kincaid to me are big ones I'm looking at. And I think if they can slow down the Bills run game, because since they switched to Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator, they've really leaned into that rushing attack. And I think some of that is to try to offset the poor decision-making of Josh Allen throughout the game because you know he's going to do that. So I think it actually works to the Chiefs' advantage. If they can really stifle the Bills' run game and force Josh Allen to have to like pass a little bit more, like I think there's going to be more opportunities for turnovers because he's going to force things. And so I think J- James Cook is, is going to be a huge element of this game where Joe Brady's really leaning into his playmaking ability. He obviously towards the Chiefs. James Cook, also, if you're physical with him, James Cook's fumbled the ball quite a few times this year. Like, you can force some turnovers that way as well. They so. as a team do. They as a team. Oh, they're sloppy. The ball on the ground. Yeah. You're certified, right? Let's get you certified. I'm an imposter. All right, sir, to go ahead and grab me my music. The uh, Obviously, 
uh, the uh, the segment that is stealing and sweeping the nation. Certified or imposter? We make a statement. Uh, is it certified or is it imposter? This is going to be what the third matchup in the postseason between the Bills and the Chiefs. They play each other every year because they keep winning their divisions. They're going to do it again next year <laughs> and play each other again next year. And they've had some some games, in particular the 13-second game uh, in, in which the Buffalo Bills uh, had their hearts absolutely shattered uh, in that game a couple of years ago. Is Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen the best quarterback rivalry we have in the NFL today? Is it the best quarterback rivalry we have in the NFL today, certi- certified or imposter? I think it's certified. I went back and forth on this one. Um, but I just think like, and some of this is probably just the previous divisional round matchup, the 13 second game leading into this, because it's just one of the greatest football games I've ever watched. But I, I just think in terms of physical skill set, like these two and the show that they are capable of putting on, I, I, I don't think there's a better matchup in the NFL right now, even though, Joe Burrow has really gotten the better of Patrick Mahomes because he's beaten Mahomes in the playoffs, and Josh Allen has never done that. But I, I think these matchups are always just must-see TV, and they're they're the two most just like physically dominant quarterbacks in the NFL. And Lamar's kind of in that conversation too, but he hasn't played Mahomes in a while because this kind of overtook that. The, Mahomes' first couple of years, he was playing the Ravens every year because it was Mahomes and Jackson, and now they haven't played in a while because – I think this Allen this Allen rivalry is taken over and the Burrow rivalry is taken over. So I'll say it's certified. I think it's imposter because you guys know my affinity for Joe Burrow. Like I, I think Joe Burrow is you better not have said anything else. He, he, <laughs> he gets forgotten in these conversations because of the injuries, but man, that guy is bleeping terrifying. You see him in a big game and you know he's showing up. Like he is. I'm not Chiefs fans. I'm not telling you that he is better than Patrick Mahomes because I don't believe he is. Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen. But the guy that more closely resembles the playing style and all of the things that we said about Tom Brady is actually Joe Burrow. But the thing that is interesting about Mahomes versus Allen is what Serta said. This is the most enticing matchup going in the NFL right now. Like you could see these guys do things that we've just never seen before in an NFL football game in the divisional round game a couple of years ago is the perfect example of that. Like they're just, they are unique in their skill sets and they're special with the way that they go about it. Allen being this massive quarterback that just has some dominant skills and Mahomes being unlike anything we've ever seen. So I, I think that's what makes it special and what makes it unique. But do I think it is certified as the best head to head matchup that we've got going? No, I think that's Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's imposter too. Uh, listen, I mean, Joe breaks Joe breaks one wrist, and uh, and now we didn't all forgot about Joe Burrow. He did, I mean, he get one little injury, we've all forgot about Joe Burrow. Listen, they the, the 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 Bills and Chiefs have played a lot. I just for me, I I'm not gonna say I'm not I I, I don't feel threatened by Josh, but when you look at the two, like to the point you're making. BK, it, it, there, there is much more of a threatened feeling when Joe has it than than when Josh does. Like for me, when you're playing, when you're playing Josh, 
it's like, yo, all right, you got to come to play, but he may help you. Like he may, like you, you, you may, you got to come to play, but he, he, he may do some stuff to help you. Against Joe, it's like you can't go into the game thinking that something's going to happen that Joe's going to mess up to give you. You got to go into the game thinking you got to hold your stuff down and you and, and you got to just got to outplay the guy and not expect any help. And plus, they just had two games on the biggest stage the last two years in the AFC championship game that have gone down to the wire where it has just been like, like – these quarterbacks are kind of dueling. Last year, they're, they're going back and forth, they're dueling. And, and then the year before, to me, the way that game started and how he came in on the road. Into, you came in in the AFC Championship game in Kansas City and won after Mahomes started the game putting together one of his greatest performances ever, and you came in and won this thing. So I just, I just think – that Joe and Pat are the two best quarterbacks in the league. And they are not just the two best quarterbacks in the league, but they have had just duels <laughs> in the regular season and in the postseason as well. Like every one of the games live up to it, right? There has not been an ass kicking in this series either way. Like the Bills, even the Bills way, there have been games where just like Josh and Pat, one of them didn't show up or didn't play as well as you would think. Both of those games, they, for the most part, except for the second half in the AFC Championship game, both of those teams and those quarterbacks have shown up. So for me, it is still uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes versus versus Joe Burrow. Yeah, Burrow to me kind of feels like Nikola Jokic right now in the NBA, where it's just like this efficiency monster. And he doesn't do any one thing that you look at and say to yourself, like, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen from a player. Meanwhile, Allen is like Embiid. Where like all of the physical tools are there. Yep. Everything you could possibly ask for is you get trusting on this. Yeah, but then you get to the playoffs and you're like, is he going to be in shape all the way? Is there going to be something that just goes right? Like there's always something with Embiid in the playoffs. And that's kind of how I feel about Josh Allen, where it's like, okay, we all know he's special and he's capable of going for 303 and 100 rushing yards in any individual games. But he's also through. He's also more than capable of throwing three interceptions or fumbling the ball twice in any individual game and just losing the game for his team. So to Serter's point, it is close though. It's not sure. just like it. It's not like it's nothing. But all right, let's do it. Let's get it. Predictions. I'll kick it off. Um, the divisional round, Chiefs Bills. Um, I think getting off to a good start is a really is a really big deal for the Chiefs. And uh, and I remember I went back and watched the Bengals-Bills game in the playoffs in this round last year, and the Bengals got off to such a good start, and you could see, like, the Bills starting to falter immediately out of the way. Um, I said it earlier, man. The Chiefs have the advantage at coach, quarterback, defense, experience, and uh, and championship pedigree. Uh, so I will go with the Chiefs, twenty-four twenty in this game, a tight game as they as as I think most people think. Uh, but I think the Chiefs win this thing, twenty-four twenty. I think we'll probably be walking away talking about this defense um, as much as anything else. I'm still not 
super confident in this pick just because of this season and the and the Chiefs have just let me down so much that I was to a point where I was like, I'm not picking them to win anymore. And I I think the Chiefs can go on the road and do this. I think that's an element of this too, that there's gonna be a lot made about Mahomes' first ever road playoff matchup. I think Mahomes does that. I think Mahomes wants to go in there and say and prove like yeah, I, it doesn't matter if it's home or on the road. It's in the playoffs, and, and I, I'm here for for legacy and building my legend. And so, I think we'll get a great game from him uh, again, like he was against the Miami Dolphins. And I truly believe this is a championship caliber defense. It's going to show up on the road. So, I don't know how they're going to get there, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to do it, and I think they'll hold off the Bills enough. So I got the Chiefs winning twenty-seven to twenty-one. Ron, I hated this team. I know you did. I told you three weeks ago, I hope this team misses out on the playoffs because it's something that they deserve. (laughs) Rock bottom for you. (laughs) I was miserable for 17 weeks watching them play the game of football. I don't even think that was the Raiders game either that you said that you hope this team misses the playoffs. Pretty sure it's the no, Bengals it was the Bengals game. game. Yeah, it was the Bengals game that everybody points to as the turning point of them figuring it out. Um, for me, right, it was the turning right, point of me giving up. <laughs> right, right when you text that, I believe the turning point happened. Yep, so, that's so. correct. But last week changed things, man. It made me feel things that I haven't felt about the Chiefs in a calendar year, essentially. And I looked up and down the Bills roster, and I said to myself, show me the area where they're better. Because I look at the weapons offensively, I think the Chiefs have better weapons offensively right now than the Buffalo Bills do. I look at the O-lines, I think the Chiefs should be better there. Quarterback, obviously, Chiefs better. Coaching, Chiefs are better. Defense, every single level of the defense, Chiefs are better. So I'm trying to find myself of why would I pick the Bills in a game where the Chiefs have an advantage at literally every position and the championship pedigree and a quarterback that ups his game in a meaningful way once we get to the postseason where Josh Allen sometimes, it's not that he his game goes down, it's that the, the turnovers become magnified when you play in games like this. And so I think the Chiefs not only win, I think the Chiefs win big. I think oh the Chiefs win by double digits. We get a 26 to 16 coming out party by Kansas City for their first ever road game in the Patrick Mahomes experience. I, I, I think the Bills are frauds. I think the Bills have gotten a lot of notoriety on the backs of playing against poor opponents and one really good, impressive game down the stretch. You look back at the way that they've built this thing. They lose 37-34 against the Eagles. Think about that. Imagine that game, losing that game against the Eagles, but whatever. They went against Kansas City, but that was a fraudulent win. Tony had the penalty at the end. They had a really nice win, 31-10 to against Dallas. Kudos. Credit to you. You got a good one. But then 24-22 to against Easton Stick in the LA Chargers. 27-21, New England had the ball left, uh, or had the ball with six minutes to go, a chance to take the lead against the Bills. And then you continue from there, 21 to 14 against the Miami team that we just saw, but they were more banged up offensively in the game against the Bills than they were against the Chiefs in that one. And then last week, people are falling all over themselves to credit the Bills for that win against the Steelers. Man, the Steelers made a game out of that thing. That got tight when it shouldn't have. Absolutely. They let the Steelers get back into it. And if they play that exact same game against the Chiefs, they get beat. So I think the Bills are frauds. I think the Chiefs have figured things out, and I think the Chiefs win this one by 10, 26 to 16. 
All right. Um, well, I, I would have never thought on the road <laughs> in Buffalo a month ago that all three of us would, would have them moving on. And I don't, I don't think there's any kind of Homer thing to it. I mean, all of us have never had any fears of picking against the Chiefs in the postseason. <laughs> all of us, all of us. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully we're back here uh, talking about a run and uh, in the, the Chiefs are in the AFC Invitational, the AFC Kansas City Chiefs Invitational, uh, the championship game next week against either the Ravens or the Texans. So big one uh, coming up on Sunday. We'll see if the uh, the Chiefs can win their first road playoff game. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is really loving hearing. Oh, I wonder if he can win on the road in the playoffs. I'm really <laughs> sure. I'm really sure he is. He is loving to hear people wonder if he can do that. All right, we are out. Hey there, it's Pete Sweeney from Arrowhead Pride, and I'm excited to announce a new element of the Arrowhead Pride experience for diehard Chiefs fans. It's our brand new newsletter, Arrowhead Pride Premier. Arrowhead Pride Premier is a newsletter delivered to your inbox twice a week from me. For $50, you'll get an annual subscription packed with insider coverage from yours truly and new in-depth analysis from voices around Kansas City. It's all about what I'm seeing and hearing around the team. During the season, we'll deliver a newsletter ahead of each game to get ready for Sunday and a newsletter after each game to unpack exactly what happened. Subscribe to Arrowhead Pride Premiere today at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.